0: getting all fired up I'm all fired up and long
1: Hello and welcome to episode 3.5 of Fire Up special Crackdown series Coming to you on the Diamantina Podcast Network from Batuta Studio 3D This week we've been bounced down the corridor again
0: I'm Dennis Carnahan here with Chris Gale You might be cracked down, but I'm slapped up, Dennis. I'm happy, I'm fired up, and I'm ready to go. I'm
1: also Redfern Pat on the controls. Well, I'm fired up about the crackdown. What a crackdown weekend it was. 20 players faced the judiciary. 8 suspensions, 12 fines. Two of them have challenged. The rest have accepted their bitter medicine. If that doesn't get you fired up, nothing will. But I'll tell you what's got me most fired up about this crackdown. The fact that despite 12 binnings and 20 charges, it's a farce! It could be written by Ashley and Chris. That's Gilbert O'Sullivan, of course. And if you want proof, Exhibit A, Rugby League's most innocent angel. The best bloke in rugby league. The wonderful, the handsome heartthrob, the kuma crooner, Sammy Williams, was put on report for a headshot on Jimmy Tedesco. It's absurd. It never happened. And Exhibit B, Jared Waria Hargraves remained on the field for 80 minutes on Saturday night. Didn't go to the bench, That's no surprise, he didn't go to the bin. How can that player, in a crackdown, week three, hasn't gone to the bin? All he does is dog shots, high shots, head attacks, jumper balls. He even managed to pull the jumper of Ryan James so hard that he fell on top of
2: his head and he got fined for it.
1: How he remains on the field for 80 minutes. It's an absolute farce, but the plot thickens. This has more twists and turns and surrealist subplots than a David Lynch film. First, there was a whisper. Then the whisper turned into unconformed, unnamed players talking. Now, the talking has become a full-blown roar of revolution. No, not the threatened cavolution that's failed to materialise at the Broncos, but a player revolt. And who is the Fletcher Christian saying that Volandis is a bligh on the game? I'll just let that they want to sink in. fly on the game. <clears throat> Will there be another great divide between Pete's progressives and the happy headknockers? Forces are starting to coalesce. Armies are being formed. Sides are being taken. People are slowly nailing their colours to the mast. But what are the colours? Last week we identified there were Volandites. But who are the anti-Volandites? The Anglo-Burgundians? The secessionist confederates? The anti-suffragists? Danny Wildler, Weidler, wrote a long article about it, but wouldn't name names. Friend of the show and constitutional lawyer, Paul Kent, said that senior players were contacting him to check up on their constitutional rights to revolt against the ARLC chairman. And as a result of all this chaotic talk of revolution in these unprecedented times with plagues of mice ravaging the land and the pestilence of COVID abroad, one of rugby league's greatest showcase events, indeed one of the biggest events on the Australian sporting calendar has had to be moved. Chris Gale, I can't take it any longer. What is the big event that's had to be moved?
0: This is such a sad day, Dennis, and I announce this with huge regret and huge remorse that such an event could be changed from where it was going to be held. The entire rugby league, nay, the Australian community, the sporting community, we're going to be focused on this and I refer, of course, to the cancellation of the first anniversary resumption day parade that had been scheduled for May twenty eighth. This last Thursday. Yes, to celebrate the work of, we beat COVID, Peter Volandis, the horseman, as we like to now know him, and that we were all going to come together and celebrate not only that wonderful achievement, but the the achievements of the crackdown. You know, the fact that no one was going to be hit in the head anymore. And unfortunately the way that the events have been occurring and the charges that you've just specified and the penalties and the litany of dispute, they've cancelled the parade. Also in breaking news, Origin One has been moved from Melbourne. Origin One has moved. It's, 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 goodness. Yeah, sorry. Well, I probably should have prepared you for that. Well, but can did, you imagine, by the way, the Resumption Day parade? I mean, it would have been Mardi Gras style. They would have finished like they did this year in the Sydney Cricket. Would have gone Ground. down
1: Flinders Street under oh, Tibby Cotter.
0: Terrific. And for the more senior citizens of the rugby league and sporting community, they'd be able to be seated in the comfort of the Sydney Cricket Ground rather than braving Flinders Street and so forth. But you would have had just the, the mass dances. You would have had, I think, a bit of retro like the, the Winfield Cup cheer girls, those sorts of oh, things.
1: with the big white cowboy boots. Uh, mascots cowboy through
0: the ages, people dressed up as beer bottles, cigarette packets, those sorts of things, as well as various Rainbows, animals. Rainbows, unicorns. Yes. Yeah, they would have had the Optus TV yeah. <laughs> spewing balloons all over Taylor and Square. breaking and falling down. And don't tell me it wouldn't have been led by looking like the Queen and King of Moomba all at the same time. Beta is up on a plinth in a beautiful float. <laughs> Well, we, we, you know, uh, Ron uh, Munkastle, the, the, the gentleman who produced magnificent gowns every year in the Mardi Gras parade for many decades, he would have got a Munkastle special and, and Volandis would have been there. Well,
1: the word I heard is before the revolution happened and before that, that cast a huge shadow over the whole thing, they had actually booked a hovercraft. <laughs> And Billy Idol was going to come in through oh, the... My oh, goodness. Can you It really was. the we Talk about
0: your cultural events. I mean, there was all sorts of hoo-ha about whether, you know, North Queensland should have been awarded Origin. It'll <laughs> generate a little bit of coin. And, uh, you know, former sports minister, Stuart Ayres, because he's not anymore, he said, we 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 can't waste the taxpayers' money. We oh. were all set to go on something that would have been generated a bonanza for this state. They should have privatised The it. resumption day parade. Can you believe it's been 12 months since... Volante, save over 12 rugby, months. Since. COVID and save Rugby League?
1: It's, it's, and so much has happened. And yet so quickly they turn against you. And, uh, just on the origin thing, though, that so Melbourne was supposed to be the the uh, neutral venue. Yes. And the Courier Mail on Sunday morning had a big front page saying, because there was talk of it going to Canberra. Mm, well, you know. <laughs> being a neutral venue. Yes. There's enough troubles down there. We'll get to that later. Uh, there was also talk that uh, Gladys had said, bring it up to Western Sydney Stadium. Um, sorry, wh- where? Western Sydney Stadium in Parramatta.
0: Oh, back west. Right, old sorry. Parramatta Stadium.
1: Yep. Um, but the Courier-Mail ran a story saying they couldn't put it in Canberra because Canberra is surrounded by New South Wales. It should go to a neutral venue. Townsville, because <laughs> Townsville is one and a half thousand kilometres from Brisbane, it's much more neutral than Canberra. This is what the Queensland, this is how the Queenslanders see themselves. The only way I can see that is if Bob Bobcatter has actually worked out and we've got, and Rockhampton is now the capital of Capricornia.
0: Well, we are in the Batuta Avocado Studios 3C. And That's we, 3D. Is it 3D, is it? Yeah, sorry. All right, sorry. We did have to uh, show our passports as we came in across the border because they're a bit different up here, aren't they? Very different. It's good that particularly we're here, though.
1: Particularly out here in the West.
0: It's good that we're here, though, so we don't- The West of we're, Queensland. You know, we're, we're some chance of actually getting a couple of tickets to origin, which is normally not the case for you and me.
1: Well, exactly. We may, well, there's a reasonable chance that if they do, if um, they close the borders, if Palaszczuk says, you know, shuts them down again just for the hell of it, just to keep the people, which which I wouldn't put it past her to just say, you know what, let's just seed a couple of uh, COVID cases in Sydney next week, and say you know what, New South Wales people can't come to Downsville.
0: Yeah, it's no small matter getting there. Oh. By the way, former host of the Fire Up Radio Show and Nade this very podcast, Stephen Ferris. I was speaking to him last night, and of he's, course he's alive. He's alive. Oh, Stephen. He's had to seek special dispensation to not be involved in the St George Illawarra coaching box over the, well, on this Thursday's game, uh, along with uh, the venerable Matt Elliott and Peter Gentle and Hook Griffin. You know, just the the fresh faces of rugby league coaching. And he's described the process by what it's going to take to get him up there to spin the tunes for Origin One. It's multiple flights. It's overnights in weird places. It's not going to be easy. It's a logistics nightmare. Is he doing it? He's doing it. So, well,
1: that's, that makes me happy because he was, and I know I spoke to him last week. And he was he was really disappointed because he'd arranged the whole thing, the whole festival of resumption. Yes, that's right. And, and so much that he orchestrated that. He he you know got the artists in. He he was the one that rang Billy Idol. That's right. So disappointing, Stephen.
0: Yeah, and then now his ringtone is the carnival is over, which is exactly the same (laughs) ringtone that Peter (laughs) Volandi's has. But, like, you made reference, Dennis, to the fact that uh, now that the parade's not going on, this is because, you know, we're essentially in a mobilization situation. I mean, they're moving Origin to Townsville, Mm -hmm. and there seems to be this Volandite, anti Volandite movement really coming to um, the fore. It feels like we're going to war, doesn't it? It does. It does. And we're this on is, a war footing.
1: And this has happened before. This is not a new thing. This is, you know, there was the Super League War, which was Rupert. There was the, the original Great Divide between rugby and league back in 1908 and 1918. We discussed that last week. And we're back. And there's dirty work afoot. And the game is shaking.
0: And you asked, who are the anti-Valandites? Who are the anti-Valandites? And mm-hmm. who's Fletcher Christian? Yeah, who's actually speaking up? And I know that uh, a potential representative of the anti-Valandites, Clint Newton from the RLPA, mm. was uh, motivated to call in to Paul Ken on Triple M this weekend and sort of you know, lock horns on this particular issue.
1: And what did he have to say? So, how,
0: how, many, how many more weeks... While you sat down and went through the process and
1: all that, and had the, the meetings and all that, how many more weeks was were, were the players prepared to cop co- concussions? While you sat down and negotiated, what I mean, was always going to be the outcome anyway? Yeah. That you're not allowed to tackle high.
3: No, no, Paul, you, you've, you've you just sort of took it back to, to there. As I said, it's not about well. This is what's driving it, though, Clint. No, 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 this he, is what's let driven me speak, it, Paul. The, I know you. I know you're on radio. And I know... Don't talk to me like hard. that, Clint. Don't talk to uh, me like that. No, what I'm saying, Paul, is No, again, we'll just answer just the question instead of well,
1: all this corporate gobbledygook that you're what? spruiking. Tell us in real terms what Paul, the problem is.
3: We've had this conversation before, right, about you not allowing people to speak. And if, you, if Clint, you're Clint, get Clint, me on
2: Clint. The show... Well, say something. Okay. Say something. Don't well, sit there and talk all, and all this stuff that
3: people need a manual to figure out what you're saying. But this is the problem, Paul. Emotion takes control, like you are right now. Let me speak, and then we can work through it. Okay. Wow, well, The
1: emotional Paul Kendi. He's never been accused of being emotional before.
0: By the way, I had to correct you, Dennis, but uh, it was um, Andrew Webster who was taking the calls about the Constitution. I don't think constitutional law is Kendi's strong point. I think he was uh, more a- um, Oh, it's Webby. He's more familiar with the criminal law, I think. That's, right. that's where he operates. Fair enough. Yeah. So, you can hear there- the tension because no,
1: you can hear there absolutely nothing. Because one person is saying, Here's a quick question, can you just let me finish, and I'm Dennis? not going to let you answer. Come the other on down, one's like say, I'm trying, you, in the saying, in the middle of saying, Can you just make a quick I don't want to tell you how to do That's a podcast. Corporate gobbledygook. Sorry, Chris.
0: <laughs> Carry on. Well, so we, we need to try and see where the forces are marshalling because we're into the third week of the crackdown. It doesn't seem to have had any material effect whatsoever on player behaviour. Uh, <laughs> probably the worst example of it was um, poor old Victor Radley who ended up copping five weeks. And whereas opposed to the former Rooster player who went into the judiciary accompanied by uh, Mitch Orbison QC, mm. he was accompanied by Hornswoggle. Oh, uh, the
1: old Hornswoggle.
0: Gee, and he uh, and- got five weeks. So that's been the, the peak of, oh, well, they'll learn now. Like, if, you know, if you've got to change your tackling technique, despite what Victor the Inflictor said, they'll go a bit lower. But that wasn't the case on the weekend. And they'll also take in
1: Mitch Orbison QC, not yeah, Thorne Swoggle he QC. Take Swaggle.
0: So, we see the forces lining up. Now, it seems at the moment, pretty much, Wayne is in the Volandite camp. Wayne's a Volandite. Mm-hmm. And uh, in speaking about, you know, Wayne supporting what Peter Volandis is doing, he referred to the Volandis quote, and I quote, and I won't do the voice. When it comes to safety, there is no need to consult. If a pedestrian is going to be hit by a car, you stop it from happening now. You don't wait until you've been hit and then try to do something. So what I'm hearing from Volandis is basically the tackler the is tackler. a car. Yep. And the tackled is, is the an industry pedestrian. Yep. Is that how you see the offence and defence as rugby league? One is motorised vehicles developed by Henry Ford um, with the capacity to uh, basically obliterate the other um, defenceless people on the other side? Well,
1: when I see Jared Maria Hargraves, I see that. that There's innocent people walking across the crossing and Jared Maria Hargraves comes in and goes high. Other than that, it it does seem an odd thing, particularly when the statistics show that... I I think the NRL physio put it up that um, it's three point five four times more likely... It was either 1.7 or 3.4, I can't remember. If you're the car, that you're going to get the concussion yeah. because you're going to put your head... And this is the other thing. If you're going low, this is, they always talk... If you're going low, you're more likely to get your head hit by the hip or the knee um, and get concussed than if you go high. So, it's actually not quite as simple as that.
0: I don't want to get too deep into this, but if, if you're in an amorous situation and you're both Leaf fans, do you go, I'll be the car today and you'll be the pedestrian? <laughs>
1: How does that go? Well, yeah. I'd hope you'd take it in turns, you'd share the dynamic, because that's, mm. that's part of the joy of the whole thing.
0: To me, what I'm seeing here is Volandis, who, of course, the horseman, yeah, the horseman. parachuted in from another sport, big cricket fan as well. Is he? Yeah, and I know you've done uh, a side hustle called Rugby League, uh, sorry, sorry, Cricket the Musical, correct? Yes. So, you know a little bit about cricket. <laughs> is available. it not the case that every rule change in the last 50 years has favoured the batter?
1: Oh, Big Bash is all about the batter. Like, the, 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 the 2020 is all about the batter. And there are, there are a few bowlers who complain about it endlessly. In fact, all bowlers complain about it endlessly.
0: So, you think about the set restarts or ruck infringements.
1: Oh, my God. On the weekend, there was another one. They, they, they obviously, Volandis listens to the podcast and he was very upset at my accusation that all they say is ruck infringement. Because I heard it in uh, Coffs Harbour. Inside the ten meters, oh, that's exciting. And, yeah. the,
0: and, and the new bell was at Central Coast Stadium. Yeah, for the Roosters Canberra game, which is what was beautiful. Is that the um,
1: the PA in Coffs Harbour? I've been getting plenty of mail of people saying they ha- don't like going to the footy because the PA's are too loud. This isn't me. This is people who are they're probably not 19-year-olds, but they're saying, I go to the footy to have a couple of beers and talk to my mate. I don't want to have to yell at my mate like I'm in some bloody club. I want to watch the footy, drink my beer, talk to my mate. The PA in coughs was exceptionally loud, but not only that, it was distorted. And so the, the new <sighs> bell came out as... This it was, was like it- the old bell. Was this is at Coffs Harbour International Stadium. CX, International Stadium, Coffs Harbour. Wow. International, sorry,
0: International Sports Stadium. When was the last time an international was played there?
1: (sighs) Well, there would have been international travelling artist Elton John. Sir Elton (laughs) played there. It would have been one of his last concerts before COVID. Is that right? he played there. And I was devastated because... (laughs) Tickets for rugby league, the New Zealand, Coffs Harbour had just gone on sale, oh, no. and he sucked all the uh, entertainment coin out of the market.
0: It's really I didn't see, I didn't see much crossover between your audience and Elton's audience. Oh, and- a lot of crossover, a <laughs> lot of crossover. Although right. I must say, it
1: was wonderful being in Coffs Harbour and going down to the Jetty Theatre, where I believe it was actually the greatest show I've done was in Coffs Harbour because that night. I was setting up. It was a beautiful old theatre in Coffs. And I was setting up and I was backstage and, the, like, it just looked great and the, everything was sounding good. PA was wonderful. It was, it was, you know, the screen looked great. And I started watching the footy on my, on Fox, on my TV, on my um, computer. During your show? No, but well, as I was finishing oh, setting sorry. up. So, I was just doing the last bits, last bits of sound check, last bits of light setting. And, um... Oh no, Jackie Boy White has been sent off. Oh no, the Storm have scored. Oh no, an intercept and they've scored again. Oh no, Tarponay punched someone. He's in the same bin. Oh no, the Storm scored. It was 18 0. The Raiders had two plays in the bin. We're in not going Melbourne. back to
0: this story. Yet I again, was man.
1: heartbroken. I went back, I got some dinner, I went back to the hotel, watched it on Fox and watched the comeback and saw the Raiders win. Went and did the show that night and it was the best show ever.
0: I've actually seen you struggle at the monitor live a couple of times. Is that because you're actually watching a rugby league game during your performance? <laughs> I'm watching replay of that one, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of who's on and off the horsemen, mm. now, Andrew Webster, who I mentioned Webby. before. Constitutional uh, lawyer, Andrew Webster. Correct. Big expose that Gus and the horsemen are off each other, which I think is something that we detected on 100% footy last mm. week. And so this is a, a big member of the Illuminati to have, switch sides, if you like. And I think Gus is very much in the school about you just can't change these things overnight. And I think the evidence has brought it out. And it's also... And we love the rugby league player. We're all for the player. And we're sympathetic. And we don't accept, as, and we agree with Robbo, that they're not dumb. But, you know, we're in Crackdown 3. The idiot goes, boys, you've got to get the tackles down. Otherwise, you're in the bin. Worst case scenario, you're off. Okay.
1: Unless you're a Roosters player, because there were several high tackles that weren't binned.
0: I'm sure you'll come to that forensically. So... In the first three games of this round, only one person was sent to the bin, which was the Thursday and the Friday matches, right? And who was that? Uh, I've got no idea. Um, I've done some research, not enough. (laughs) Uh, uh, I actually think it was someone from the first game on the Friday. So there was no one in the Tigers-Dragons, no one in the... No, uh, there was no one in the... It was someone in the uh, Broncos um, Mm. game, the first game on the Thursday against the Storms, I think. So, one player in the bin in the first three games, seven in the last two on the Sunday, because that's, you know, several days after the edict. So, yep. they get the refresher, comes in Tuesday when they announce the team's boys, you've got to lower the tackles. And all the guys who are playing on the Thursday and Friday go, to lower the tackles. By the time they get to Sunday, they've got no idea, right?
1: And they've also gone, oh, the, the refs have also gone, hey, boys, we're down on, uh, we need numbers. We and, need to get quotas up.
0: And I thought that, uh, um, the, you know, the the really clear example of all this was in the final game of the round, which was the Manly Ring of Seagulls versus the Newcastle Knights.
1: The 12-1 against. Yeah.
0: By the way, if we're looking for pro Volandites, Peter Beattie, former Australian Rugby League commissioner, has said that Peter... Uh, no, he's still a Rugby League commissioner. He's just uh, a former, former chair. Chairman, I should say. Yes. And he says he'll serve out his full term to 2023. What a relief. <laughs> uh, he has said that Peter Volandites has taken rugby league into the 21st century and beyond. Wow. (laughs) It raises the question, where is the beyond? The twilight zone, the fourth dimension, four clues, I don't know. But in the Manly Knights game, Mm -hmm. two things stood out. First of all, I thought if there was another dimension beyond which Peter Valandis has taken rugby league to, being the fourth dimension, I thought the dimension of the Crusher sort of came into its own in this third week. Uh Because we've now got this concern, not just of players laying down if there's contact anywhere near the head, Anyone who seems to be above them in the tackle is now carrying the allegation of the crusher. The crusher. What what is the telltale signal?
1: Uh, You put your hand up towards the back of your neck. Right. In the panic, often the players are putting their hand to their forehead or yep. their eyes or their cheek. They forget where the back of their I, neck is. I
0: saw Lachlan Fitzgibbon patting his head and rubbing his stomach, yelling "crusher ref."
1: Tell me that he wasn't patting it and his stomach, stomach was a circular motion because that's that's quite dexterous. That's to be what able he do was that. doing. Goodness.
0: And, and 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 I've seen now players actually, and it might have been Corey Horsburgh. I mean, there was some thought. Seahorse. Yeah, the there Seahorse. might have been some thought he dislocated his wrist in a tackle gone wrong. Yep. but he was actually alleging a crusher earlier in the game, and he sort of whipped his hand around so quickly to gra- he-, <laughs> he dislocated his wrist. <laughs> is, that,
1: is that where it happened? He did. He had a cindersmosis-style injury when you have uh, the two bones in his forearm have been pulled apart. So it's a, it's a syndesmosis injury. And you know who's blowing up
0: about it? Please tell me. Adam Reynolds.
1: Adam Reynolds? Right. What's Adam had to say? He says, the thing I'm going to frust- do Adam's
0: voice? No, I'm not going- I can't do Adam Reynolds' voice. I wouldn't dare try and do that. I'll do him like Peter Vallandis. The thing I'm most frustrated with is we're encouraging players to lay down not a good look for the game. I think we can all agree that people are diving and milking it, and that's more concerning to the, than the accidents to the head and the neck. Now, that's a rugby league player's talking, isn't it? Well, it I'm, is. I'm much more concerned about the attitude and the theatre of the player rather than whether they get hurt. And he goes, I'm not saying it's soft, but it is soft. <laughs> In the way we're laying down, looking for penalties and not getting up and playing the ball. Well, it is it is very interesting because it, you know
1: we identified last week that um, there was a couple of dives that got penalties that, that led to tries in the the Bulldogs Titans game. So people are taking dives for Jared tactical Wallace. advantage. That's the one. Uh, no, Jared Wallace. Jealous Jealous. Wallace. We the go, the love child of Jai Arrow and Jared Wallace. Jairo. That's the one. Yep. Um, which is it's very interesting looking at that. that um, you know, there was who who was talking was the uh, Adam. Uh, what was his name that was saying you should look for touch football players? Isaac Luke. Isaac Luke. Luke. Isaac Luke was saying touch football players. And what have the Sharks gone and done? They've gone and recruited soccer players because they understand that now diving is important. So you've got Ronaldo. Correct. You've got Pele. Yep. They're, they're, they're going to be hitting up Sydney FC. This is the new ground. Get the divers in.
0: Yeah, get in. In other words- Mitchum, you know, is
1: it name Stuart Mitchum? Gold medal diver. You'd think you'd be pulling him straight in. He's won an Olympic gold medal. Bang.
0: Yeah, right. Perfect. So, Put him on the wing. This is an interesting point. I mean, Melbourne revolutionised the game when they brought in people who understood wrestling. Now, yes. whoever brings in football players like Cronulla are doing the first thing, uh, first signs towards that as to how to do the theatre, how to sell the dive, yeah, how to look like you're in agonising pain as a result of a crusher that barely brushed your head- is the future of football. Matthew and,
1: Mitchum, that's Matthew him. Mitchum. Matthew it's it's Mitchum. something to
0: look forward to, I think.
1: He's a trampolinist as well. So oh, imagine it, that. He's a multiple threat. But you put him in there, you just say, okay, in, instead of taking the Storm's best player out, you say, just just make sure that you run <laughs> at, at Munster. Just run at Munster. And when he comes near you, bang, up you go, triple somersault with twist on the ground, grab the back of your neck, he's gone. He's no longer taking them out with violence and headshots. He's taking them out with dives.
0: So where's Is it go- that Philander's ball? Well, well, where <laughs> is it going? Where, what is the logical con- extension, nay, conclusion of this? And I thought we saw it in the Manly Knights game, apart from the Crusher and the Fitzgibbon Theatre and whatever. There was an issue towards the end of the game where Daniel Siafidi tucks the ball under the arm and makes one of those key hit-ups with the Knights clinging on a two-point lead about 12, 13 minutes left on the clock. Yep. Marty to power, people's hero. We all love Marty. Oh, I love Marty. Terrific power. Marty's after. been to the show. Love. Well, he
1: hasn't been in the show. I've performed at a function where he was. Is that right? And I joined, and I made him join part of the show. There you go. I, I threw the whole line out that people are saying, you know, there's a confusion. How can rugby league be musical? But if, if I'm not mistaken, Marty, where was your contract sent? And he's gone, yeah, it was sent to a music theatre <laughs> uh, a music theatre critic in Canada was where my manager sent the,
0: the who contract. Came, who came back with some really clever notes oh, about you know, bonuses based on whether you made the top eight and all that sort of thing, <laughs> Mitch Moses style. And T'Pau's gone into effect the tackle and he's come reeling out, right? And you go, there's a rugby league moment, two prize balls challenging oh. each other, points to Siafidi, the Knights continue their way, defending their lead, well done. Subsequently, the ball looks like it's been dropped off a kick uh, by Jason Saab, and the whole thing is stopped, and we wind back. And Tapao is called out by the referee, (laughs) and he starts indicating, actually for once, not a crusher, but tapping the top of his head like, HIA, am I in the bin? Because I came reeling out of the tackle. They go, no, Marty, you're in the bin for a head high. And forensically on the slow motion, his shoulder just brushes the lower part of Sayafidi's chin, and he's gone to the bin. And
1: Siafidi who didn't dive... For it He was delighted Did you see his face afterwards The smile Laughing Laughing Good Laughing maniacally And he was just thinking Matthew Mitchum
0: Yes (laughs) Bring him in Yeah I mean the the theatre Is doing really really well And we we put these photos On the Fire Up Facebook page If you want to see That particular incident But you know what It occurred to me About I I might have been Wrong about Volandis And let's face it I've been pretty much correct All the way along In all this (laughs) that I thought he was just trying to create two sports that he could dominate being Oz, Tag and Rollerball and throw yeah, yeah, that yeah. into the CV yeah. with Racing New South Wales. But I think it's more evil than that, Dennis. More evil? I think that uh, Peter Valandis does see himself um, somewhat delusionally as a man of the people. And he said, what is the biggest contribution I could possibly make to rugby league that will make me loved by the fans forever? Now, I just want to clear up one thing. People are saying... So unlike, you know, whenever the Prime Minister is presenting a, an award at a sporting function, everybody boos. Yeah. Right. And at the Anzac Day clash, when the Roosters took on the Dragons, and as part of the official party was announced, they mentioned Australian Rugby League Commission Chairman Peter Valandis, and a roar went up. Oh. And people said, see, he's the people's champion. Now, I was there, Dennis. I think you were as well. At that particular point in time on the big screen, Roosters legend Anthony Minicello was on the screen shown taking his seat. Oh. Right? That... So, so, I think people got the wrong message there.
1: So, I think what happened there is the guy in the PA has pressed the yep. applause button. That's right. Because, you know, they do that. Develop. The Roosters are the only actual club that do that. They play applause. That's right. Still.
0: Develop for COVID, you know, the yeah, applause yeah. matter. Yeah. And so, Volandis is a bit drunk on this power. He says, the people, they love me, <laughs> Sally Field style. They really love me or like me or whatever she said. <laughs> So, in one fell swoop at the beginning of last year, where I first started to sense something was amiss, half the referees lost their jobs, if you recall. He Alanis. cut it back
1: from two to one. Right. Yep.
0: Now, what we're seeing is every tackle, every tackle, and I think it happened for your boy Ryan James with Jared Ria Is correct? Yep. What happened there? What happened there with Jared Ria Har- He He was
1: tackled. Jared Ria Hargraves has grabbed his shirt from marker and pulled him and pulled him and pulled him and kept pulling him so he couldn't get away to chase the ball. He's then tripped over and he's pulled Ryan James on top of him. As Ryan James has fallen, he's gone, you want me on top of you? Sure. And it's just adjusted his knee to land on Jared O'Reilly Hargrave's enormous head. And it's a huge head. Decent milk. So, it would, you know, I've said he's, that Ryan's arranged it to, to get on there. It's pretty hard to miss because it's a massive thing. And he, and he did hit it and he got put in the bin for it.
0: Yeah, you need him in the head. But But the referees have an opportunity to see that. They've got two touches. Let's face it, they're doing as little as possible these days. But you've got a referee there, three sets of eyes. In the old convention, if they missed it, they missed it. Yeah. But now every tackle is being reviewed in the bunker. They're winding back and they're issuing edicts and penalties for incidents that occurred some 60 seconds, 90 seconds ago. Post-rationalising. Right. The technology has latency right now. It's not where it needs to be, but this is the precursor of where Volandi's ball is going, and this is what the Volandiites are delivering. That eventually oh, there'll be going. there'll be an OFC on the field, which is an on-field communicator, which is simply a device no. in the facsimile of a human as an android. They won't thing.
1: admit that. What they will be, Chris, there'll be a whistle over the PA. <whistles> Rock infringement.
0: All the refereeing will be done in the bunker, and it won't be done by human Dennis. It'll be done by an algorithm. And I mean, you know what'll happen? The it,
1: players will say that, Chris, you break the law, and over
0: the PA will come, I am the law. Exactly right. <laughs> Judge Dredd's style. And I don't know what AI is. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I couldn't tell you... I couldn't, di- I couldn't distinguish between an algorithm and a logarithm. But I know this. <laughs> Peter Volandes wants to exterminate from the face of the planet... The referees. And he will be the most popular figure in rugby league because, according to Valanis, the people that the, the fans hate the most are the referees. And you know what? He might be onto something. He could
1: indeed. The only thing... There's always been a thing in rugby league that if you want to get rid of the referees, you know, like, Des was a little bit unhappy with the referees and some of their work. Have we heard what Des has had to say?
3: Consistency is an issue with this, Des, that oh, since we cracked down on the,
0: on the head contact, mm. it's been, what, two or three weeks now. Yeah, There's a worry that we haven't found it yet, the consistency. Yeah, and and that's up to, you know, uh, to the officiating
2: party. Um, I know Graham Ennisley will be watching, so um, I know you will have another
0: sleepless night. Tonight, um, and you'll wake up with a headache uh, in the morning. <laughs> can you have a sleepless night and wake up?
1: Wow. Well, I, in Desi World, you can. And it, I, I did not the, the question was you know, asking about head highs, head highs. Had, had they found it yet? It's like, what the head? It that's been on top of the shoulders. I believe they had. Oh, Desi. Well, I, I thought it was going to be more about So it was about the consistency issue hasn't been found whereas you're saying the AI will be consistent
0: it'll be metronomic it'll be precise it'll be the end of human contact in rugby league
1: there's always been a thing that the referees have said their their edict is you can get rid of the referees there's no there's no problem just stop bloody cheating <laughs> and if the players would stop cheating then there wouldn't be a need for the referees so this is where peter's plan falls apart he's trying to he's you he can't over officiate and then pull the referees out i think peter's plan has a flaw one or two. One or two. But if Adam Reynolds is saying players laying down isn't soft,
0: but it is soft. Yeah, it's soft, but not soft. It's the new version of nah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. nah. Yeah, nah. Not you soft, know what? soft.
1: I might go and have a lie down myself. They had a conversation this morning, but it wasn't a conversation that ended badly. It was a conversation where Boovers was essentially informed that Bill wasn't going to be his friend
2: anymore. I in, in the morning just before the breakfast show. We'll watch TV and analyze the weather. Before we go to work, we'll plan the day ahead. We're we'll a while working day together. Some are workers, some are not. Yes, it's time for the bar.
1: What was that song called?
0: Crushed by the wheels of
1: industry. Crushed by the wheels of industry from Heaven to Seventeen. Now the wheels of industry are turning in rugby league.
0: They're doing a remix. Crushed by the wheels of industry. Crushed. Yes. Uh,
1: this is the worry when people say there's you know there's the the crackdown on the crushers. Like he's left the game. He left the game three decades ago. Leave wouldn't, Crusher alone. Wouldn't,
0: I I've always, I think a lot about these things, and we'll probably talk about rugby league names a little bit later. Hello, Dog Star, but. I think Crush will be enjoying this. I mean, who wouldn't want an illegal play named after them? Imagine it's like, sorry, you've can a hand, 10 well, minutes in the bin. It's kind
1: of better than someone who hoppers. Yeah. You know, you don't want that. It's business. terrific. But the wheels of industry turning. Now, I understand some former players, Chris, have got some very interesting ways of turning a coin, not just going in the boxing ring, but there's other ways of earning money after league.
0: One of the great challenges for rugby league players when they retire is there's just so few commentary jobs. And, <laughs> and yet, if you look at the standard, you, you kind of think if you're half good, you'd and be when, some when chance. Di- when
1: did friend of the show Spud? <laughs> Carol, when did he retire? <laughs> it would have been mid-90s. It's taken him a quarter of a century to get that gig on Fox. But he's right baby, let me tell you. Oh, he's right big time. And, I, and I'm going to put it out. I'm going to try and get Spud on the show next week.
0: Fantastic. That'll be great. I've had the opportunity to meet the man. I, saw, I met him at your show. He's a wonderful human. So, Luke Burgess, the oldest of the four Burgess boys, has been spotted- oh, This is the oldest one. Yes, the so oldest he's not of, one of the Burgess, twins. Eh? No, he's not one of the twins. Yep. I, th- I think the order goes Luke, Sam, and then Tom and twins. George. then the yeah. And, you know, w- w- talk about if people are worried that the game is better or worse than it used to be in the Volantis era, it's clearly worse, because we've only got one Burgess going around right now. We're down to Tom, <laughs> right? And, but Luke is living in- He's going
1: to try to beat the Tigers. Uh, yes.
0: Oh! In that wormhole where I turned on the television and it's got West Tigers 18, South's 14 with Tom scoring all the time. I just couldn't understand what was going on. Um, he's been spotted driving around the eastern suburbs in, and I quote, a flash BMW X5 as a DD driver. DD. It's one of the formats that's up in opposition to Uber.
1: Right, so is, I thought maybe it's like a, a, a DJ kind of thing,
0: but no, it's a DD. No, no, I don't think it's a customised thing. I don't think he's making a reference to the Energizer Man spud DD okay. batteries or it's anything like D's. that. Not yep. Nothing like that. And so this is what Luke says about his experience as a DD driver, because let's face it, you think as a Burgess or a Eye you wouldn't have to work another day in your life, right? But oh, he- someone's someone got to pay for those chickens. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. And he goes, I signed up a couple of weeks ago. I en- I'm not doing the voice again. I enjoy driving and I enjoy chatting with people. So, there are two key functions, though. Sometimes you're just not in the mood when you get in the Uber, are you,
1: to chat? <laughs> <laughs> then you see Luke there. Yeah.
0: Large Luke. Yep. Well, yeah. this is the thing. You get into the DD with Luke. The first thing is you've got to get through the chicken bones, right? Because... <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> He's getting his share. He's getting his four of the 16. Was it
1: Luke over in Arizona?
0: Uh, uh, in South with uh, John Sutter? Yeah. I think so. It was, yeah. Because it yeah. said there was a menacing looking mugshot that he had. So, he enjoys driving and he enjoys chatting with people. And he went online to find, where can I do those two things? And boom. Diddy. You know, out came DD. And he goes, it's better than sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> I don't know. But what's interesting about this is, of course, he's got two other gigs to keep himself busy after his stellar career for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I mean, people still talk about the great games that Luke oh. played. There's so many that come to mind, I haven't got time to go through them all right now. With his brothers, Sam, George and Tom, he runs the 4B... Think about it. 4B Clothing Brand, which is a premium brand clothing company. It's sort of leisure wear, active wear, um, something for the beach, something when you're going to the yacht club, maybe a little bit of night clubbing later. Get yourself decked out in the bird gear. Have you seen it? I'm Googling it now because, gee, it sounds fantastic. Really, really great gear, clean lines, very keen on shorts and pants and things like that. Do they get, like, what sizes
1: do they go down to?
0: Well, this is one of, it's, it's, as I said, it's a premium brand, but it's limited to the larger gentleman. Right, Right. like because there's no way the burjai are going to compromise. They said we can't do designs that reflect our personality that are for the shorter men. It's just not in our nature. So basically, you've got to have the dimensions of a burjai. And in George's case, let me tell you, there's a bit of room in the gusset. They're large, uh, large, in order to wear the four B. But they're still that's that's still a large market. They say with you know nutrition and evolution and all the things, we're all getting bigger. So born
1: from our obsession with finding quality. Everyday Essentials.
0: Uh, (laughs) Let me tell you, they are constantly, certainly pre-COVID, touring the world to find the finest silks and rayons and, you know, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Gore-Tex I think, and colours. I, I think they've they're got going, a Gore-Tex
1: jacket They're going through Milan and going to Fashion Week everywhere Getting the latest fabrics and feeling the fibre
0: So according to Luke, he says I tell all my passengers about 4B We've picked up a few good sales from the car Can you imagine it? <laughs> you just go, I just want to get from is- Maroubra to the city I'm going to the movies I haven't gone to the movies since the pandemic I've decided to splash out I'm going to see Cruella most people will just stream it on Disney Plus, but we're going to do the whole thing, chock top. Go on, up drives Luke Burgess and the DJ. You open it up and the chicken bones just fall everywhere, <laughs> empty salad things. And you get in, he goes, "G'day, where are you going? Goes, Go to the movies, mate." And then he goes, "You look like a fancy gentleman." He said "I
1: like your jacket, but come and, and so he's got the BMW X5. If I'm not mistaken, that's a four wheel drive. That's a large four wheel drive. Right. so it's it's not like it's got a boot. It's got a the big back." So I imagine he goes around the back and says, have a look at this, opens it up, much like the watch salesman opens up his jacket to reveal, have a look at these, eh? Oh, <laughs> look at this lovely jacket. full of the fibre the fabric on that jacket there.
0: It'd be one of those, imagine how cool you'd look in this. stuff. It'd be one of those hydraulic things, like it would just come out of the boot and, and, the, and all the hangers would come out and all the... <laughs> All the gear would just be draped,
1: and a change room would fall down. and go, oh, get a bit of that one on you, oh, lovely. Yeah, what
0: time's your session then? You know, and he goes, and he says, "I see you're wearing a single breasted jacket. Have you considered something in the f- double breasted?" Don't don't do the bottom button up. No, no, no. Wow. They're, and um, and get this, his other gig is he's a club ambassador for the, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. For the right? <laughs> like like going like, to say for like home nightclub or something? By <laughs> the, the, the way,
2: if, so, so does it.
1: Open up the side then and the car opens out and here's the, the Raiders' the white leather, the, the Rabbitohs white leather bomber jacket and here's the hoodie and
0: here's the Russell's signature range. And the opportunity to sign up to be a member of the club, right? Oh. And if you want to understand where a club ambassador sits, Robbie Farrar was appointed at the beginning of the year as a club ambassador, but he's been promoted because he now runs the water for the Tigers on the field. <laughs> so, you know, club ambassador is, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough gig, but basically what they do is you speak to corporates and sponsors on game day. So you'll go out to, now what would you refer to it? I think you'd have to call it Stadium Australia right now. There's no sponsor, is that right? It's by its proper name, Stadium yeah. Australia. It's the home ground of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Get your head around that again. I mean, the South Sydney Rabbitohs play out of Stadium Australia. That just makes no sense the whatsoever. The Homebush Rabbitohs. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, you go to what, you know, I don't know, the the Dawn Fraser Lounge or the Herb <laughs> Elliott Atrium or whatever it is. You go, this is terrific. And Luke gets up and he goes, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to South Sydney's. We're, you know, we're playing the Canberra Raiders today, so it should be an easy W for us. And uh, we've got a terrific lineup. Uh, it's, you know, in our respective of Indigenous round, we're going to speak to former South Sydney great Eric Sims. But before we do, if you can just direct your attention to the catwalk... and." Our- how come the models in the
1: 4B gear? And it is funny looking at the models before because Luke actually he he's, he pulls blue steel. He actually does okay. His posing looks comfortable. Sam, however, looking for all the world like Henry the Green Engine, and very uncomfortable with it. He's standing there. He just looks awkward. Sam just looks dead set awkward. Uh,
0: and as they as as they, the booklets then come round where you can order your gear. While you're uh, waiting for your rubber chicken and Eric Sims would be actually interesting to listen to. Wouldn't you love to hear that? Up comes a neon lit sign sponsored by Dee. Oh. But it's all about family, Dennis. Yes. And family has loomed large. You you have complained for years Mm -hmm. that the rugby league media, and by the way, it seems to be the the Valantis Andy Valantis thing. It's either for the rugby league media or for the players. So I know exactly where I am in that issue. You're for the media. Totally for the media. That's what we are. Paul Kent, James Hooper, we salute you. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. Is, you've said for a long time, particularly the Sydney Rugby League media and Channel 9, you blew up Deluxe about this last week as well. Oh, I've blown up Deluxe about this many, many occasions. Has no interest in the Canberra Raiders. Well, we found a way for the Canberra Raiders to be nothing but front page news week on, week off. And that is to be bloody awful. And as soon as Not we... Not just awful. As soon as we were woeful? No. the The, Raiders, the
1: Raiders, up until about... <laughs> On 20, death's door? Irrelevant? <laughs> <laughs> up until 2017, 2018. Non-functioning? They were woeful. Now, they're dead? They're, they're a dumpster fire. Now they're <laughs> dumpster fire going over the falls. So I thought we that- As the train, as the last carriages are cascading off the bridge, off the viaduct, which has been blown by goodness knows who. The people, I know, the Sydney media can't get enough of... <laughs> kicking
0: it! It's like the, kicking the, Raiders. Like the final the the ridge of the river over the bridge. It is the bridge still, over the river.
1: Quiet. It class. It, it kills me. It kills me when Sydney media <laughs> talk about the, even the ABC. The venerable old ABC journalists. They do it. As the train crashes down over. Oh, right. you can't blow that bridge, <laughs> Mister Eccles. Um, they they love. The media will say, oh, today, Canberra decided they were going to do this. No, they didn't. It was bloody Morrison who's from the Shire. So they should be. And who was last Prime Minister? It was from the eastern suburbs here. Before that, it was from Manly. Before that, we had Rudd. He's a Queenslander. It's nothing to do with Canberra. They all like to kick Canberra. So when the Raiders are falling apart, the media in Sydney are just licking their lips. They're like a bunch of bird's on a chicken coop going, oh,
0: get me at it, In the, wearing their 4B gear. We, we literally, if I can use that word in its correct sense, I'm not sure, walked out of this studio last week, thought, well, we've done the Canberra issue to death. <laughs> People accuse us of being Canberra biased because Dennis is a Canberra fan to hear about the storm that had blown up oh. around the departure of Georgie Boy Williams. And before we get on to that, can I simply say, what the hell was Sam Williams doing when he kicked for touch and he kicked it backwards 10 metres up at Central Coast Stadium? <laughs> Are you saying he was trying to elongate the defensive commitment?
2: Oh,
1: I think he, um, he's had a mate in the crowd. He's like, <laughs> Sammy, kick it to me. And Sammy is such a nice a bloke. Guy. He's gone, you know what? What difference does it make? We're not going to win anyway. Here you go, champ. He's kicked it to his mate from Cooma.
0: So, Georgie Williams is in some way, shape or form wanting to leave Canberra because he's homesick, Dennis. He's homesick. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. See, this this is the problem the Raiders have had that people read the media and the Sydney media kicks Canberra and says that Canberra's rubbish. And let's be honest, the only reason the Raiders have a team is because North Melbourne were threatening to move to Canberra. And if the AFL, that would push the Batuta Advocates-sponsored Barassi line further north. And they wouldn't like that. So, the NRL agreed to have the team in Canberra instead of Campbelltown or the ah, the Illawarra came in the same year. Didn't
2: they?
1: I think they did. Yes. They let them in because they were scared of the AFL. It was the first time that league has reacted to the AFL. So, that's why Canberra's in there. And ever since, they just kicked them. Sydney players hate it. You know, like, like Turncoat Tedesco shocking, shocking human who just signed with the Raiders and then bailed. And this happens over and over again. So early on in the career, the Raiders looked. They didn't go west because the west tick you uh, that, there's no players over there So they went north They went to Queensland Right The rejected Queenslanders The Queenslanders who said People said They won't make it in the Sydney competition You're Mel Meningi you Wally Lewis Sure they can win at Origin Once You know Once or twice a year But they're not going to go The riggers Week in week out Well how wrong The Sydney media was How wrong Gus Gould was When he said that These players won't make it Gus Gould was actually Saying it back then And then you had Who's the coach Who's your coach Walk 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 Walk. Well, you might want to leave Ciro on there a bit longer, hey,
2: because <laughs> these Queenslanders they can win a game.
1: You might want to leave blocker on anyway. Then the problem was the Broncos came into the competition again. The Sydney NRL, the Sydney New South Wales. Are Robbie you saying League. that
0: substituting Surinan and Roach for Podgy and Hardwick was a bad move? <laughs> Let's look at the history books and see who won.
1: Uh, the Queenslanders all wanted to play for you know for the Broncos then, right?
0: The new franchise.
1: So we lost that uh, that breeding ground. So. Timmy Sheens, your man, looked overseas. He went to New Zealand and he found Ponga. Not Ponga. No, sorry, Pongia, Quentin Pongia, And he found Lomax. And he found... Ruben Wiki, Ruben Wiki, and Sean Hoppy. And they came across 94 grand final. Then the New Zealand Warriors entered the competition. And there was long, lean, dark years. Yes. And nothing of darkness. Yes. Then Ricky Stewart came back. And Ricky Stewart, well, he got in a boat and he sailed for three months by the Cape. Was it a long boat, being a raider? Well, it was a long boat. It also had a sail and he sailed, went through the coast and Ricky to Rio. in
0: full horns and All the time. Like animal furs? <laughs> oh. I think that's quite a vision. All the time, I imagine. It's I'm still dream. waiting for that Fox special on that's Ricky Stewart. They, you know, they've done the in-depth with Ricky and they're just sort of going, they were going to do that on, you know, as they uh, surge towards another premiership tilt and they've obviously... Well,
1: they, they are doing it in-depth on your Tigers. Yes,
0: and may never see the light of day. Oh
1: uh, no, the producers were they're they're very happy with they're the really time. 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 <laughs> they're like oh, thank God! So we just have to show Madge in Tears <laughs> for an hour because that's
0: pretty much what it was going to be every week.
1: But the Raiders then looked to England, right? And Ricky went to England. He bought back some players, not realizing that those players, the English, that. A couple of them had some problems. They saw the coin, loved the coin, but didn't actually like going away from the cold misery. This is, you know, the people from the north, they like cold, they like grey, they like bleak. They don't like, you know, even though Ul was the centre of uh, arts in England, a European centre of arts just a couple of years ago. They don't want to go to the museum. They don't want to see kangaroos eating the grass on the winter morning by Lake Burley Griffin. They don't want to see the fog as it lifts on a sunny winter's morning as the frost settles in. They don't want to see that sort of stuff. They just want the coin. And so, Johnny Bateman, he left... And with him, maybe with the hopes of the Raiders, and now Georgie Williams, he's decided he wanted to go. He wanted to get out of his contract. He wanted to be paid out. They were offering him, you know, once you go to England for three months, no off season, like have a long off season next year, and then come back. And he kept going and going and going. You know what? have probably the best way to run through this
0: is with a song. Please do.
2: Tuesday morning at nine o'clock As training begins George sent a note to the welfare man Said he was not feeling alright to train The welfare man went to Rick And showed him the text message Rick went and knocked on Don Furnace's door They had to make a tough call George Wanted a release for next year Asking for times made it clear Camber's not cold, grey and dull enough for George He's going home just 18 months, he signed for three years. Tuesday, Avo James Hooper's article breaks the news. Georgie then tweets and refutes Hooper's claims. John Bateman tweets calling James Hooper names It breaks down so much that Josh Hodgson jumps to Georgie's defense Josh does a tell-all with Paul Crawley Why he chose crawlswell well, that's quite beyond me Josh. He didn't want to leave yet He's suing for all he can get Now the whole thing will be going to court He's going home after just 18 months He's signed for three years George is gone I'd say one other thing and I don't want to start in a mighty blue I think you two aren't showing players the respect in all areas that maybe
1: you could I thought you were really heavy last week on the Canberra halfback George Williams
2: Well well, I don't care what you think And now
3: it's time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould
0: I'm actually going to have some lunch with Ricky next week we have organised it a couple of weeks ago I just sort of said, how are you going? He said, how do you think I'm going? He said, we're losing. I
1: said, all right, grumpy. I said, <laughs> I said do you want to have a, a beer or a lunch? He said, that'd be good. He said, a couple of weeks. He said, I'll, I'll find a day around our buy or around the-.
2: And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould.
1: Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. That is one of the most popular segments of the show, and it really is the highlight of the show. But my question about that one was, who was giggling in the background? Whose voice was that?
0: So, every week, James Bracey is not doing the podcast with Gus, and Matt Thompson is standing in. And they keep inferring that it's just for this week, but it continues to run. And I think it's now three weeks that uh, Six Tackles with Gus has been with... Matt Thompson, the hardest rugby league commentator to identify because I couldn't identify him. So that is that up. Matt
1: Thompson going... Yep. <coughs> it sounded like Uncle Monty from Withmill and I. Oh, my
0: <laughs> boys, my boys. Sherry? Sherry. Pretty Sherry. much how he calls the game every week.
3: <laughs> Very much. Let's go to Pat. How would you describe, if you could describe either James Bracey or Matt Thompson, Matt Thomas, Matt Thompson, describe their person? I think what you say, being
1: from what? Canberra, you discover that... People who are spooks, actual spooks and actual spies, they are utterly nondescript, utterly bland. You could be at a party talking to an actual spook for an hour and you walk out and you've forgotten you speak to him. And Chris, Dennis, who was that guy talking to? What guy? Was there a guy? That's them. That's them, yeah.
0: Love you, Bryce. I'm intrigued by this. I don't know Matt Thompson. Right, because Matt Thompson is doing the lion's share of the commentary now because Ray picks and chooses as he heads towards the twilight of his career. And for reasons, if you catch up with Ray in the flesh, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of the man, he, he chooses not to be on screen. Right? <laughs> and so, therefore, the voice of Rugby League on Channel 9 is Ray Warren. He's well known to us. And we have our visual reference going back. And we don't include the statue at Junee because, dare I say it, and Hello Andrew Voss, it looks nothing like him. But... Matt Thompson, this seems to be now part of the condition, if you're going to call for Channel 9, you're not on screen. Like, you don't see him on any panel show, any post-mortem, any appearances on the Sunday footy show with Aaron and Sterlo. He is completely anonymous. Faceless. And and I think that Channel 9 has made a strategic decision that we want a voice, but we don't want a face.
1: Well, the voice of Channel 9... Channel 9 (laughs) is, of course, Steve Britton. And Steve Britton is... He's a he's a bikie that lives in Mossman, and he loves to harass the Mossman ladies on his bike. So you never see him, but you hear him all the
0: time. I guess that's media watch, is it, Pat? <laughs> well, I trust any Weidler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's so important with regards. To it. You're right. I got the wrong yes. Wrong game.
2: Can you fine for
0: No. I can't. You fine
2: for that.
3: Um, I have no intelligence. That's what I'm suggesting.
0: (laughs) Can I I make one comment? A really inappropriate film in an adult entertainment store would be Girls Gone Wydler. That's all I'm saying.
3: Well, he's probably in it. He's in every other. He's on every other screen. What do you got for us, Pat? Ruffled a few feathers last week.
0: Mm, Did we?
3: Good that the fire-up lawyers are defending my journalistic integrity. Who was put out. Spud Carroll. Well, people were saying they were a bit harsh on on Spud. We were a bit harsh on Spud. I was a bit harsh on Spud. Bossy was a bit.
1: We weren't harsh on Spud.
0: Like that deep cut that you had a Spud, which I was entertaining myself driving down that Roseville Bridge on the weekend. Did you ta- Did you have your fly spray with you? I had my Lynn nine fly spray <laughs> with me, in case I exceeded eighty kilometres an hour. Yeah, and I was enjoying it because to me, what it was showing was it was showing the almost cruel actions of the likes of Andrew Boss and Cooper Cronk on the great Spud Carroll who's simply trying to entertain the audience and, and I, thought, I thought we were very much in the pro Spud camp as we oh, need to I be thought so as if well. he's coming on next week to me and him
3: locked in a room mm. is that for your wrestling company <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm prepared
3: to throw down with Spud I go to Spud's gym do a bit of lifting with him yeah, absolutely that'll get him in well I work around the corner from there so I gotta hide from him so where is it Crown Street Crown Street, so Watermillus. Oh, it moved, I think it moved so that, up. Yes, to, it's moved. It's, oh, moved. it's not down anymore. Yeah. I think anymore. it's moved no. up to like Palmer's, like up one street oh, east. Spud's moving up in the world.
0: Yeah,
1: nice. Yeah, east as well. Mm-hmm.
3: Anyway, so I'll you know give him an unedited, untethered rain to see what he gave us on the weekend. Uh, but-
0: Hair. Yes, I do. Do you love Billy Army's hair? I do, and uh, yeah, I know all these guys. A few of these
3: guys have been dying their hair, but some of these other guys, seriously, go back to your normal colour.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a bit tough to follow. Yeah, he and I might part ways there yeah. you know, talking about hair colour. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, Bit tough to follow that one. I would have thought Sp- I, Spud is, if he's that's his natural colour, he's doing very well for a man of his age. I think. He's He's, well groomed. He's well groomed. He loves on three sixty, the the nice jacket with a little bit of a. uh, I think that's just his everyday wear. A a kerchief in his pocket.
3: I think that's just his everyday wear. Mm. That's Mm. what he wears in the ring.
0: Mm. No Hadley last night on three sixty. Well, it wasn't all bad.
3: (laughs) Well, it's it's on the on the topic of Fox. Uh They are getting a little bit hard to follow.
0: And the dog's down to 16 from here, Andrew. It's a hamstring for Brad Dietz. He won't be back. Well, that's good news. I mean, uh, it's terrible news.
2: Oh. <laughs> 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 Who was that?
3: That was Corey Parker. Oh, Corey Parker.
0: Fantastic yeah. work. Yeah. He's in
3: good nick as well.
1: Yeah. They're getting a
0: little bit hard to follow. Closet Panthers fan, I'd say.
3: And it's seeping into... Well, or not. Mm. Mm. Is he or not? Is it terrible or not? I don't no, know. No. No. So it is, it is seeping in and we did have the, the George Williams thing which has played at the Canberra Raiders Troubles have played themselves out on Fox Sports mm-hmm. and that too is not immune from this Fox Sports Confusion. Um, schizophrenia.
0: Now in relation to mental health it's important that we point out no one mental health is a deadly serious issue not for a millisecond is anyone on this show or anyone
1: involved with Fox League or Fox Sports suggesting that it isn't. this There seems to be this right these days that if you don't like it, no one ever sticks it out. Like you look at these poor blokes are digging mines
0: and what Back What's in it say about you though?
1: Hard to follow. Uncertain. <laughs> it, I think we're
0: all that, learning the new ropes I think.
1: Is this what Des was talking about with is, the
0: consistency? This is found the consistency. Yet?
3: Yes. yes. Yeah, well, well uh, this is Paul Crawley coming on the show. at Least he's consistent.
0: Hundred percent consistent. Yeah, Des is the man, though, who talks about being sleep, having a sleepless night, and then waking up from it so. with a headache. Yeah,
3: yeah. Con- consistent. Crawley's consistent to the point of tautology. We just wow. say the exact same thing twice.
1: That's what he does. You
3: just can't fault it. It's beautiful. We have had some feedback though about the hoops, Lara. Um, they don't. They don't really. So you're not going to play the flaming feedback sting for that. Uh, we're in between. <laughs> We're still technically in We're the Media confused. Watch bubble. We're this is a Media technically... Watch feedback
0: bridge. This yes. is like a bridge in a song. Yes.
3: Where's, the con- where's the consistency? But we do have this this Fox Sports um, uh, contradiction playing itself out on, on that as well.
1: So here's the tweet But the there. rest is all factual. The rest, and he he, he almost argued for you, Hoopstead, without realising he's arguing for you. Well,
0: Matt, con- Matt, this part here, the the headline of the article, whether or not he read the whole article, suggests that George Williams dumped the Raiders by text. So if he feels that he didn't dump them by a text, then that that's possible. Yeah, but Lara, if he hasn't it. read the article, that's on him. If he's read the headline, then that's what he's reacted to, but that's why you've got to read the story. Mm.
3: So if the headline says one thing and the story says another thing, it's not Georgie Williams' fault that he reacted to the headline. Are you accusing Fox
0: League of doing clickbait? I don't
3: know what they're doing. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to... <laughs> I want to meet them on their own terms, but it's it's difficult.
0: I tell you one consistent theme is that there's a concern that hoops does speak over the top of Lara. Yeah, are yeah, I've, I've, we I've stopped, Dennis? Ex- well. I'm trying to say something here. Will you let me finish. <laughs> uh, but, no, can't, but, but before- yeah, uh, <laughs> and I think they do need to work that out. It's particularly Lara. Yeah.
1: gets gets spoken over. Yeah. Because I did. There was that article which which I referred to in the song of Paul Crawley with the interview with Josh Hodgson and. <laughs> I would have loved to... Have, it would have been great if there was a recording of it. Oh, yeah. Because you need subtitles for both.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: anyway. But if we, uh, but if you read
1: the title of that article, it was Josh Hot. It was an yeah, absolute yeah. full revolution. You read the article. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not at all. Yeah, and I mean,
0: it- you're looking for truth in the media. It's crazy, crazy yeah. drama. Yeah. Crazy drama. I will say, though, in defense of Fox League, and you alluded to it earlier, Dennis, at halftime in the Sharks-Titans game, which was, as is the modern... Talk about blowout mania. I mean, there were only two games that were actually close on the weekend, and Sharks-Titans was yet another bludger of a game. <laughs> the headline did read, Ronaldo scores double as Pelé de Booz. And I thought, congratulations to that, Subby. That's, that's actually quality. Yeah, that's good work. Be
2: bad, be bad.
0: So we did
3: have eyes on the ground at that Titans-Sharks game.
0: Before we do... Oh, yeah. Feedback was the first single from Discipline, the (laughs) 10th studio album by (laughs) Janet Jackson, released on February 22nd, 2008. She worked with producers the likes of Neo, Stargate, Jermaine Dupri and Tricky Stewart. Tricky Stewart? Tricky Stewart. I dare you... I kid you not. But Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were not involved in the project. That's my Janet fact for the week. Wow. So who has our eyes at the ground? Courtney Shapter. Oh, good day, Courtney. Friend Fre- of the show. Yes, frequent contributor on the Facebook page. Don't forget the Twitter at FireUpNRL and the Instagram at FireUpRugbyLeague. Yes,
3: important, important distinction.
0: And please encourage people, share this link to this show. We need subscribers. We need listeners. To continue this joy, we need more of you.
3: Yes. So at the we had a chant at the game, which is FireUp, Titans, FireUp. Which I assume is in the eight, eight beat. Yep. Cadence. Need more. Need to get away from the four. Let's yep. start getting some five and seven. we fire up Titans. Fire up.
1: Is,
0: is that, that how it goes? That? Yep. Mm. It's a bit clumsy, isn't it? Oh, it's a little no, bit- no Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah.
3: We also have some in-depth analysis from Courtney. Yes. So we had a thirty-seven aside touch game with the kiddies behind the fence.
0: Yes. Well, that's At- the that's the Volantis dream. I mean, he's got rollerball on one side. He's eliminated referees on the other, and he's got thirty-seven aside touch football. More registration fees, more territory. Dare I say, on the jerseys to put sponsors and kiddies involved.
1: Well, it was actually beautiful because you could see where the like the ground was there. It's an oval. And so, there's plenty of dead ball space like at Henson. Yeah. So, they had the advertising hoardings about five meters back from the dead oh, ball line. Yeah. So, between the advertising hoardings yeah. and the fence, yeah. people just out to stand and congregate. Yeah. And so, that's where it was. It was awesome. Watch And in that game of touch football that Courtney's talking about, there was a child in a Raiders jersey, an old Raiders jersey, a 1980s Raiders jersey. And it warmed the cockles of my heart, which had been so poorly beaten like they were the night before by the roosters.
3: Courtney also tells us that were cold chips but warm beer so it all it all levels out
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm and, looking
0: at your notes and it said very cold flaccid hot chips uh,
1: yeah, and there was also there was very long queues for the cold chips and warm beer
0: can you imagine going and complaining to the concession stand I want to complain about the chips and go don't tell me you don't think they're hot and I go no they're flaccid Whew. What that do you hurts. do about
3: that? That hurts. Yeah. Get a I had a first date. I, a I had a first chips. date once and I needed-
0: Really? Is that a complete sentence? I had a first yeah, date once. It. End yeah. of show. <laughs>
3: um, and it was in a, a warm, like, small bar. And I was on um, flu mm. flu medication. So, I was, <laughs> was a bit cloudy upstairs.
0: Was that? Was that- medicinally or (laughs) recreationally you thought I'm not really I'm a bit difficult with the small turk early on so I'll I'll get a bit of codrill into me let him finish uh, away we go let him finish this is going somewhere I like (laughs) it was
3: very it was very warm small bar Uh and what I wanted to say is it's a bit tepid in here and this was like sentence three or four but I said it's a bit flaccid in here
0: (laughs) and she goes and it's not going to (laughs) change and then she goes
3: yeah I'll get my coat I'm going (laughs)
1: What other feedback you got, Pat?
3: So, Juice Stevens pointed out the Lara Pitt, uh, James Hooper um, relationship, mm-hmm. which is a very unpleasant one. We also said at the end of last week, put out on the socials about the naming etiquette. Who gets first, who yep, gets yep, last, yep. who gets the initials.
0: This has been a passion of dog stars and we've been promising some analysis of this for some time. So, now. here it is. Go.
3: So, who's who's the JT? Would be the, the it's s- Thurston.
0: Thurston. You have to say Thurston is the JT, The head of Malolo Tarmal, Taylor, the other one. Jack
3: ones. Troy, who's in the news recently, Newtown scored seven, six tries in a game.
0: Oh yes, in nineteen fifty or yes, thereabouts. Yeah. Apparently, mm. JT.
3: Nick Ferris says it's Jake Turpin. Is a JT?
0: Hmm. That's oh, well, this tough. Is, uh, okay, this is. Oh, I see you. Okay, so th- we're really saying who can get identified as a last name only yeah or a first name only yeah or initials
3: yes okay
1: Google JT Rugby League comes up straight with Jonathan Thirsty nothing else
3: no Jason Taylor
1: Jonathan Thurston, Jonathan Thurston. Jonathan Thurston is JT
3: and so we're searching as well for the eventually a play just gonna be one letter well you know we have lots of of hyphenated
0: hyphenated names we had some suggestion from that yeah Stuart Marler said Cameron Smith being known by one letter, I've been calling him a C for years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the C. <laughs> a C. Ronson yep. Blake says the dragons are all Zs. So, I'm not sure if that's the cadence of... Um, Sleeping. Oh,
1: Is that the snoring? Or oh, Anthony
3: Griffin, fellas, <laughs> we've got to...
1: Unless that's a really Enjoy obscure
0: anime reference to Dragon Ball Z for all you <laughs> anime fans out there. I don't
3: know. can Well, did the
1: dragon have a wing?
3: We had some, some a bit of some hyphen... Feedback. Mm-hmm. So, talking about Kerry Packer's daughter Gretel was apparently going to ma- marry a fellow called Dean. How do we Dean... The
0: artist, Dean Quince.
3: Dean Quince. And so, if they go along the hyphen, that would be Quince Packer. So, I don't understand. <laughs> no, I
0: <idea. laughs> don't <I'd> understand. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, just, just leave that just, one yeah, there. I think we'll leave it in exactly <laughs> that order.
3: <laughs> um, there was some Tora Bright, uh, misty, misty Talk. Um, yeah, over my head.
0: So, Tora Bright is a well-known snowboarder. And Misty Hyman, a terrific uh, butterfly swimmer from memory. Yeah.
3: Any talk of them getting
0: married? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> then we'll just leave it. Uh, Dogstar himself said that Nico Hines is the yardstick. He's never once re- heard, re- heard him referred to as Nico. Now, he, I think he sent that before last... Uh, Thursday's performance against the Broncos. I mean, he's on a trajectory, not only to get more coin into his contract, but to become just Nico, I think. Uh, he says, he's never been re- referred to as Nico or Hines. My only reference point is the Velvet Underground and Nico. Are you guys- Nico. Yeah, you're across yeah. Nico? The yeah. German Sean Toosten model, who was a muse for Andy Warhol. And so the very first Velvet Underground album, and Pat, you would know this quote, Brian Eno said, only 300 people bought that record and every one of them started a band. The First album with John Cale and um, let me get this right, Mo Tucker, yes, Mo T- yeah, and obviously Lou Reed and oh gosh, Sterling, um, Sterling, Hinchcliffe, uh, was Mortlock, th- no, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it'll come to Pat as he searches it for us. They were the four members of Velvet Underground, and Andy wasn't sufficiently comfortable with the band, and so he tethered them to nico who was impossibly glamorous particularly if you see the movie chelsea girls and so she does a few doom laden vocals in amongst the waiting for the man by lou reed you know "Ah, i'm waiting for the man and then you go all tomorrow's parties and that was nico (laughs) so slightly different spelling but you know maybe you know he could end up you know uh mel torme was the velvet fog Nico Hines could be the Velvet Step.
3: He does well, have the, an arty streak to him,
0: very much so. And and he, he must the, the Ledger stuff
3: with the yeah with the Ledger and Ledger's sort of um, he you know in in his artistic world isn't a isn't adverse to, to heroin. Velvet Underground, like if there's a face of heroin, it's Heath Ledger. If there's a sound of heroin, it's the Velvet
0: Underground. Now hang on, you, 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 Heath Ledger. <laughs> yeah. Prescription, ph- not unlike you on that no, date. No, I'm talking about the... He- prescription pharmaceuticals, I think, with Heath. No, Edger. the movie Candy. Oh, Candy. Yeah. Oh, the actual, yeah. the, the, the fictional character. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah.
0: was yeah, Okay. Okay, I've well, we got no problem there. But no, Paul, we lost Heath a little bit, as I said. If you oh, no, a, I didn't
3: mean I was just talking if about If you got the, a
0: little bit long on that date, you could have been another one of those statistics. You know? yeah. yeah. Another quadruple. Nico, Nico Chris,
1: Nico's, he's, he's, he's a very attractive young man. Just imagine how much those eyes we brought out with a green jersey.
0: Just imagine, it'll never happen. That's a wrong Anything thing. else, Pat? That's all from me. I have an apology. I have to issue an apology to Lynn Gannon, who's a regular listener. I called her Lynn Gorman last week. And, oh no! And I'd heard her on the Fin's Up podcast, and so I apologised profusely. Just getting which,
3: your crinola wires
0: crossed. It, it was, she was very gracious to accept, and I said, I just said, like, I just got Lyle Gorman on my mind all the time, <laughs> and Lynn raised the question, "Whatever happened to Lyle Gorman? Married Julia Roberts, didn't he? No, that was." The answer next week Wow We'll look forward to that I was Sterling Morrison Sterling Morrison And sadly Lou and Sterling No longer with us John Cale and of course And Motaka still are Nico We lost in the late 90s uh, She fell off a bike In Ibiza
1: What a way to go well, speaking of Velvet Underground, the, the road from between Dubbo and Mudgee last week, known as the Felt Highway or the Velvet Highway.
0: The Kyle Felt Highway?
1: Not the Kyle Felt Highway, just the Felt Highway or the Velvet Highway due to the, uh, the mouse plague that when you're going past waterways or housing, there is just, it is covered in squished. I didn't see a single mouse alive. I saw literally millions. I'm prepared to say millions on they're not, the road. They're not
0: good eating mice, are they?
1: No, no, they're not. And there's a whole environmental (laughs) catastrophe there. But let's just leave that because we're fired up enough without talking about mouse plagues. But as I wind up the show, there has to be, it's a tradition. One more thing from Chris.
0: Joe Offenhangawi is an origin player from the West Tigers. How good? (laughs) And
1: he's born in New Zealand. Even better. With that, we're fired up. We'll be back next week. Tune in. We'll see you then.
0: Jared is not in this game, this is no. Raiders Warriors. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I know I'm just saying I was trying to get into it. Okay. It's so important with regards to you're right. I got the wrong yes. wrong game.